temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Mr. Fryer, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at The Score. This is a very, very special honor for you. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't really like doing the radio, man. Yes. I don't like doing sports radio like the typical. That's why I've wanted to be on your show because your show is, uh, what's the word for it? Interesting. His takes will leave you speechless. It feels like there is some hateration and holleration in the century because I do feel like mm. Jason and, and Tony, there's a little bit of hate there. I'm not sure what holleration means. I'll just be upfront with that. <laughs> I can figure out hateration. I'm not sure about holleration. Jason Leisure on the Lawrence Holmes Show on The Score. Jason Leisure joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You can read Jason Leisure's work in the Sun-Times. You can check out the Sports Adjacent Podcast, the latest episode of which is um, hilarious. It's hilarious because poor Dion Miller had to sit there and talk with those three dudes, and their hilarity ensued. I'll just say that. So wherever you get your podcasts, search the Sports Adjacent Podcast, and you will have a good time with the latest episode. Mr. Leisure, how are you today? I am very good, Lawrence. I was nervous, legitimately nervous, asking Dion Miller to do our podcast because I am friends with her through work, and I knew she'd be good, but I was like, man, Dion Miller is like pure class. And on our show, Tony sometimes does the show with mayonnaise in his beard. So I'm like, man, how's it? Dion would be so good on our show. Will she do it? And then she was like very excited to do it. I was relieved. I mean, I mean, you don't have to clean it up for my show. He had mayonnaise on his mustache. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, that, you know, that just doesn't seem like the type of party that you invite Dion Miller to. Right. But she was very, 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 very good on there. Very funny. She makes some shocking revelations. Uh, we played Anchor Woman with her where she delivers 
some news that I thought was pretty good. She she was a very good sport and very funny on the show. She's a wonderful human being, and I am very happy to hear that she's probably listening to my show when she's out on her runs. That made me very happy to to hear that yeah. be the case. I I got bear stuff for you. Strangely enough, would you believe that? Oh, okay. Uh, all right, let's do it. Would you consider the time that Khalil Mack was a bear? A failure. Because um, on the one yeah. hand, you have a guy that I gotta, go he ahead. did produce. You know, he produced yeah. in a big way. And obviously, when he first got here in 18, like he he produced in a big way, but it it it's like he has the numbers, but it the re- overall result isn't what you wanted. Yeah. I if you have to pick success or failure. I would say failure. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. But I would say that I would have I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't if I could go back in time and sit in Ryan Pace's chair, I would make the same move. They were it was within reason to think that that would put you over the top. It didn't end up being the case and they stayed stuck in that delusion after it was laid bare for them that that was not true. But at the time, I thought that was a reasonable move and would do it again. I would too. I I thought it was maybe the best thing that Ryan Pace did in his tenure. And it just, none of it seemed to match up. Like the defense was good. And I felt organizationally, the Bears put too much on that thinking that they were going to be able to just kind of glide into the playoffs because their defense was good, not taking into account how important Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack were, and that if you lost either one of those guys for any amount of time, you were going to be in a bad situation that you weren't able to overcome with depth because those two guys are special. I was talking with, I remember when the trade happened, I ended up having a conversation with Mina Kimes, and she was talking about Akeem Hicks is a force multiplier. And I agree with her. Like, if that guy yeah. and, and Khalil Mack are healthy and they're on the field, yes, your defense is going to cause a lot of trouble. And then you add in this last season of, of what Robert Quinn was able to do. But it, they, they always looked at that as a constant, and I didn't see it as a constant. I always felt it was fluid, and then they were never able to figure the offensive part out. Well, that last thing would be the biggest part to me is I I think they did reasonably well putting together a defense that could help them contend. You really only saw the wheels fall off of that this past year. And part of that was Mac missing so much time and all of that going all in catching up with you where you don't have young corners coming up and you don't have money to go get quality pieces that you need in those spots. But just, there was not enough else right. I think their biggest mistake looking back through the Mac arrow was believing that they had the offense figured out in 2018. That, that's a, that was a mirage, and they should have been able to see that. They should have been able to tell, even ranking whatever they were, top 10 in points scored. It, it's not hard for me to go back through the numbers and say, oh, if you take out all the defensive turnovers, the defensive touchdowns or takeaways that, set up the offense where they're already in field goal range. That's a team that was averaging like 22 points a game. 
And that's a quarterback that had uh, most of his stats all in one game against a horrible Tampa defense. That was their, that was the big sin was thinking that the double doink was all that was in their way that they were just all they needed was just, if they just hadn't had that happen and everyone kind of glosses over, including the bears that they scored like 15 points in that game. I think that like there were, there were so many bigger issues that they were not willing to acknowledge because they wanted to believe that they were closer than they were. What do you think it says about the way that Ryan Poles wants to go about putting a team together that his first two moves were, well, I'm going to trade Khalil Mack for whatever I can get, and I'm going to cut Tariq Cohen. All of those moves, this is what the Bears needed, whether it was Ryan Poles or someone else coming in, like or them hiring you as GM, Lawrence. They needed somebody that was going to come in and not be attached to any part of this current roster because this is not a roster that anyone should be attached to. This is a roster that was 6-11 and last year, and eight and eight the two years before, uh, trending the wrong way. Like, there, there isn't anything here you should – I keep seeing the Houston Texans re-signing all their own guys, and that to me feels like the definition of tanking. So I'm glad that the Bears are making moves. They needed somebody to come in and say, I don't care if the previous administration gave up two first-round picks for Mac. We need to get this number off the books. We need to get draft picks in. Uh, you know, three Cohen, same thing. All, all of these moves are moves that have needed to have been made. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also, what I really like about it is it seems like, let me just decide what I'm going to do with this team. That Ryan Poles isn't, he doesn't feel like he owes anyone anything. And I think it speaks to the level of control that he has, which honestly was a question. Like, I, I had questions about whether or not he was going to be able to kind of do what he wants. And I feel like what we're seeing with the first few moves is him stripping away his predecessor's mistakes. And, and in, in the case of, of, of the punter, a, a thumbs up. You know, they got a good punter, but it might be time to move on from that, too. I, I like that we are seeing him do it the way he wants to do it so far. Yeah, and I think a part of that is the non-moves, too. I think a part of him doing it the way he wants to do it is I would imagine that he is sizing this up and saying this is a 6-11 and team, this is not going to be a quick fix, and we're not going to go sign a bunch of guys that are going to cramp what is a very good opportunity to set up the roster the way he wants it in 2023. So there isn't, there doesn't seem to be this urgency and this pressure on him that he's got to show results right here in year one. I think it's, it's a multi-step process of he's got to clean up some of the mess. And then once the mess is clean, then he can build. Do you think that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go back to green Bay, there the bears off season is different. Oh man, that's such a good question because it changes everything. You're right. Yeah. If Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers goes uh, into uh, – if he goes to the Broncos or Jeopardy or whatever and he's not in the division anymore, then anyone could win the division because I don't – I who knows what Green Bay would be with Jordan Love or if they went and got Garoppolo. Like, I, I don't know that that is anything that anyone's afraid of. And Minnesota seems perfectly content to be in that 7-10 to 10 win range every year. 
And I never know what the Lions are trying to do. The division would be there to take for anybody that wanted to really go for it. So that probably would have been tempting. But uh, I think Ryan Poles would still go this route. This route seems very prudent to me to get rid of some of the big uh, numbers and bring in draft picks. You go into next year with an enormous amount of cap space, as long as you don't screw it up right now by spending like the Jaguars have, for example, not that that was wrong for them, but I think it would have been the wrong move for the bears. Um, And then you can really build the team the way that you want it. If you're Ryan Poles. You brought this up on the sports adjacent podcast, and I wanted to follow up on it with you. How do you think Mitch is going to do in Pittsburgh? And and the thing that I want to follow up on is you said it's a good thing and a bad thing for Mitch that he does everything the right way. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, it's the it's the nicest and meanest thing you could say about him because it's obviously a compliment. Like Mitch Trubisky was not uh, Jamarcus Russell. Mitch Trubisky was not a guy where there was problems about commitment or effort or teammates or coachability or any of those things. Like Mitch Trubisky was really a, a model employee as far as the effort that he put in. The the mean thing about that is when you say that it's like he does everything right. And this is all you got. This is all it is. This is the best it gets. You would look at maybe someone like Jamarcus Russell and you'd be like, man, if we could get him to do everything right, if we could get him to practice right in film study and all this stuff, he could be great. Well, we already know this is like max level Mitch Trubisky and this is the best it can be. So that, that's what I meant about that. I've been saying that for a couple of years that that's kind of the problem bears are in is that there, there is not, there is no more for him to give. This is, him at his best as far as the effort that he puts in. Now, it's not it was not him at his best, I don't think, in terms of the offense that they put him in and the way, they, the way that Matt Nagy wanted him to play and the pieces that Ryan Pace put around him. I don't think in any way they set him up to succeed. So I think he'll be better in Pittsburgh than he was with the Bears, but only modestly better. Like, I still don't think he's going to be a good quarterback no matter what. You don't think that Tomlin can get the most out of him? Yeah, but what's the most? That's the point, Lawrence. Like, yeah, Tomlin probably can get the most out of Mitch Trubisky, but what is his most? I don't think his most is really going to be that good still. Yeah, you're probably right about this. What do you expect happens with Deshaun Watson from the NFL standpoint? (laughs) Oh, man. I I have no idea because if he's not facing criminal charges – I mean, he's, he should be suspended. By, I'm not talking about what's right and wrong in reality. I'm talking about Precedent. The, rules of, the rules of the NFL, the way the NFL works. It would seem like he should be suspended. But are they going to take into account that he was kind of informally suspended last year? Don't you view it that way a little bit? Yes. I, I think that there's precedent here with a couple different cases of guys that weren't in necessarily like criminal situations but were in civil lawsuits and Ben Roethlisberger being one of them uh, where it's it's he missed what half a season or whatever it was I, I think that that is the minimum but it doesn't seem like NFL teams it, it feels like they've gotten the go-ahead from Roger that Roger's just been like yeah go ahead and, and sign him and the way the flurry of activity around him this past week 
since the the Adam Schefter unfortunate and really terrible journalism tweet, um, people have jumped on him and said, all right, well, we, we can now start trying to think about building a team with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but does, is that a long-term proposal that you're talking about? Because I imagine the 2022 season is not going to be something where you can count on him playing 17 games. No, I don't think he can play 17 games, but I think there's got there's going to be some kind of uh, acknowledgement of the games that he missed last year. So I don't think it would be a massive suspension. And again, all of, I'm not getting into morality or what I think should or shouldn't happen or what's right in the world right now. Uh, I'm just saying the way the NFL handles things, I would have to think maybe maybe like a four-game suspension or something to start the year for Deshaun Watson because I think that they will count in some way the fact that he didn't play all of last season. And I think teams that get him, what is he, 26, I believe? Team, any team that gets him is planning on 10 years of Deshaun Watson. So, Lawrence, if, let's just say you put aside all the other concerns and you're just talking about a football player and you're talking about a player of Deshaun Watson's ability on your team that you already made peace with whatever that you're going to bring him into your organization. And I tell you, Hey, he, he's suspended for the, uh, for 10 games or 12 games for this upcoming season. That's not really that much in a 10 year decision in what you believe to be a 10 year decision or even so a five year that, decision. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I think even in a, especially if it's the front half of the year, so he would be around for the playoffs if you can make it there or whatever. So I don't think that that is going to preclude anybody, even if they know that there's a, a hefty suspension coming. I don't think that's going to preclude anybody who has already made peace with bringing Deshaun Watson into their building to make the trade for him. You have a, a food preference for tonight? Did you say flu or food? I prefer food. not to get the flu. Food. Oh, okay. Like if I go, uh, get, if I go get some Popeyes, is that acceptable? Oh, man. I love Popeyes, but I feel like I feel like Popeyes is one of those fast food places that varies very much from location to location. Like you have to have a good Popeyes. There's two Popeyes within driving distance of my house, and there's one that the, the one that's a little closer is not the one I would go to because I don't think it's as good. Well, I mean that's my situation. Like I'm actually thinking I would just go to the Popeyes down near me here at the station. And just have that waiting for 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 you and young Anthony when you guys show up. Are you a pizza snob? So like, if if I order three pizzas from Domino's, are you gonna be like, how could you do that when you live down the street from Medici? Uh, no, I have some more nuanced thoughts on particular chain pizzas, but I don't want to get into any of that in case they're a sponsor of yours or a future sponsor of our podcast. Okay. All right, well, we'll bring what you want to drink, and then we're good to go. Okay, all right. Sounds good? That'll work for me, man. All right, I'll see you later. That is Jason Leisure. He of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I am getting out of my comfort zone tonight. I invited the Sports Adjacent guys over to the house to watch the games. Of course, Russ is in Arizona covering baseball because now he's a baseball Bigfoot for Bally's. So he's not there, but Jason and Tony are. And so, you know, this is like the first time that I'm inviting someone in my house for like two years. And I was like, 
Day of COVID tests. Let's go. Day I'm not kidding, man. Like this is this is a big step for me. I feel like just because they did, I feel like you're the type too that would have like plastic on the on the couch. No, and stuff, no, no. Like real. If 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 they're if real extra, those guys have their negative COVID tests. They can come and hang out in the house. No plastic on anything. There's enough space for us to be not on top of each other in the house. Like everyone can, since there's only three of us, like everyone can have their own like place to sit. I got a, a couch for each of them, and I got a big, nice, comfortable chair for me. Okay, I was about to say, like, what do you do if they sit by you or something like that? How would you? I would get up. <laughs> it's nice enough though today. Where we could theoretically go sit outside and watch, but then we'd be watching on an iPad, and that's not fun. Got a nice TV with a good sound system, so that's probably the plan. He's right, though, about the Popeyes. He's dead on about that one. That's so true, Look, what Jason said. I, Randy, I love Popeyes. I truly do. But the one by me, the one the closest to me, is off of 47th and Drexel. I know that one. I know exactly. Oh, yeah. I went through there. I think I was, I did the show from home. It was last week, like early last week. I did the show from home and I was like, okay, I'm done talking with Parkins and Spiegel. Like it's, you know, 2 30. That would be a good time for me to go get Popeyes and then I could eat it later for old man dinner. I thought I hit the jackpot, man. I'm rolling down Drexel, and I'm like, there's no one in the line. That's rare. This is Nirvana. I turned down 47. I'm like, this is, yeah, like I won. I thought I had won the day. And then I roll up, and there's a sign that's like. We had a chicken. Basically. I'm not surprised. So so it was like you have to come inside to order. And I was like, all right, well, maybe something's wrong with the technology. I got a mask. It's not a big deal, right? So then I roll up, and I see that they're, like, locking and unlocking the door for people. And I'm like, uh-uh, no thank you. That's what happens when you're around over there. You know what to expect. I do. Maybe I'll just... Well, see, there's a Popeye's right here. Why don't you get some Heralds? Well, Never go wrong with Heralds. You can go wrong with Heralds. They don't, location two, because there's one that's by you that uh, I the, don't know. The one by me has been, the High Park Heralds has been a lot better. I heard they changed their sauce. I heard. In the, la in the last. Tastes like barbecue sauce. In the last couple of years, they have, they have upped their game. But there's literally a Popeye's here, like off of Wabash. That I could hit that up after I finish the show. That one's a pretty good one. And I, I'll get everything I need. I never think to just come drive back down here. But now, man, I ain't really driving nowhere extra. Because, you know, my car is a diesel. And, well. You wasn't in line for that uh, gas giveaway? Your car wasn't out there waiting. Look, I know that we are short on time and I'm late for a break, but let me just say this. I appreciate that Willie Wilson still running for mayor and president. The signs are still up on the South side. 
I appreciate that millionaire Willie Wilson is trying to help people because gas does cost a lot right now. I really appreciate him wanting to do it. But as as Dilla, as, as Sherman Thomas said on Twitter, and I, I retweeted it, great concept, horrible execution. Perhaps it would have been better to dispatch people in some of the, the underserved neighborhoods that you were trying to target, like Washington Heights and Roseland and, and like Washington Park and South Shore, and have them just go to door, go door to door, and just give people gas cards. That could have been the move. But because you're doing this, I'm going to pump your gas thing. Your people are wasting gas in line and they're causing a traffic jam that was covered on all of the news this morning. So people who aren't in the free gas line are then affected by it. And then, so is it was it, about some busy streets too, like yes, really main street, like, 99th, oh, come uh, like, come 50, on. Yeah, it was, ugh. so, so look, is it a, a net positive? Probably. Probably. But it could have been done better. Willie Wilson 2020. Back after this in the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Left side, three ball by Conley up yeah. and good. And that's a tough play right there. Dosumu chasing him, went under the screen, and then Conley just waited till Dosumu decided which side to come out on and went the other way and shot it. And here's DeRozan for three. DeMar DeRozan with a deep 
left-wing triple. It's 51-48, Utah. And DeRozan on the night with 11. Levine with the step back, left side, long three, up, got it! So Zach Levine pours in his second three ball in the game. He's got 15. Levine fills it up for the right side, three. And folks, don't look now, but the Chicago Bulls have taken a 61-60 lead third quarter with 7.49 left. Levine with 20. Mitchell right side, three. Oh, my goodness. Up and good again. Donovan Mitchell, 6-3 ball. In 10 attempts, he's got 22. 14 here in the third quarter. Top side, Mitchell, deep three. Got it. (laughs) You have got to be kidding me. Seriously? Seriously? He's got 25 in the quarter, 33 on the night, 89-81 Utah. Utah will advance right full court, and they will probably eat the clock, I would think, and just commit a turnover. Yes. And that'll do it with a 125-110 Utah win. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was pretty good in the first half. He obviously got going in the third, and, um, you know, we started to try to trap him, you know, some. Um, to try to slow him down. We were back a few times. He did make some tough shots. That I thought were well-contested, well-guarded. But I think what happened was once we did start trapping, we rotationally fouled quite a bit, put him to the free throw line, but the difference was the free throw line and certainly the three-point shooting. The Bulls lose last night. I'll give them credit. Yesterday on the show, I said, all I want to see from the Bulls is them giving an effort immediately as the game starts. I thought they did that. I thought they played hard last night. They lost 125 to 110. And Donovan Mitchell was like, they poked the bear. And then he got mad and knocked down, what, seven three-pointers in the third quarter? Had an incredible night and an incredible impact on the game with 25 points in the third, 37 points overall. And the Bulls didn't have a counter. Although Zach tried. Zach was out there. He gave a lot. He he talked it like he walked it like he talked it. Said they needed to be more aggressive. Said that he needed to be more aggressive. 33 points for Zach last night. In berserker mode. I enjoyed watching Zach like play in berserker mode. And he was efficient. It wasn't like he was taking crazy shots. Hit 50% of his threes. And 55% of his shots overall. This team still just doesn't have enough. And defensively is going to be their downfall. When you need to stop someone. Like Donovan Mitchell. Do you have someone? Now there might be some help on the horizon. Comma, but Patrick Williams is going to start playing games for the Windy City Bulls, and they're hoping that he returns to the regular Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, next week. This is what I said to Danny during transition, and this is what I'll say to you. Don't count on that. Even before he got injured, As a player, he was a cipher. To ask someone who has been gone all year to pop in magically, well, now he's our defensive stopper. Good luck with that. Even with the amount of games that are left for them. 
Good luck with all of that. Will they have 13 games left? I don't know if that's a lot of time for a guy to find his place in the rotation, show that he deserves more minutes, and then be inserted as a guy that you can count on to lock someone down. So that's asking a lot. I feel like whatever you get from him is gravy. And I would tell you so that you don't get your heart broken, don't count on it. Even like Alex Caruso being back. Remember the things that we were saying about Alex Caruso? Oh, well, he's going to make their perimeter defense better. You want to look at what guard play has been like against the Bulls over the last couple of games since Alex Caruso's been back? There's a couple guards that have been eating real well. De'Aaron Fox, what did he put on? 35, 36? 36, Don- yeah. Donovan Mitchell puts up 37. And in the middle of a 25-point quarter, no one could stop him. You know what's crazy about this Bulls team? There's a lot of great numbers. Like, when we start looking at the individual numbers of them, and they've had team success. I don't want to act like they're, they're not having a successful season. Vooch is a top-five leader in double-doubles. DeMar was in the MVP race. He's not anymore. Zach has these incredible nights, and you still lose by 15. Joe Cowley asked Billy Donovan about all of the concerns that Donovan has had, and he's voiced publicly. Cowley was asking, why aren't they getting better? I agree, but I also think this is not an experienced group in those situations where there's games you're talking about. And unfortunately, some of these guys have got to learn. You know, Kobe's learning in these situations. I think I.O. being a rookie is going to have to learn. Zach's first time he's been in a position where, you know, he's hopefully we're going to working towards playing after the regular season. We've got some guys that are in there. Um, and as much as Damar or Alex or Tristan talk about their experience, it's not nothing like when you go through your own personal experience. But, like, they're getting – it's being, you know, pushed in front of our face every single game, you know, where it's these games can change in a possession, a missed blockout, a miscommunication, a, a foul, someone jumping through the air on a shot fake, not getting matched up on the side of the bounce plates. Like it's so hard to get easy baskets in games like this that you want to try to eliminate as many as you can and try to get as many as you can. But 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 I think I've always said this that the reality of it looking in our face. It's how we have to respond to it. And do I think that we've figured all those things out? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't feel that way. I think we have a long, long way to go in these moments. But, like, this is what we have to go through. I've never been around a team that, you know, when you're getting to the point in season that we're in and you're trying to play in these meaningful games and you really have never been there before, that all of a sudden it just becomes, oh, this is easy. Like, it's just not. And we're going to have to figure that part of it out. And, um, you know, there's just um, – and attention to detail and a concentration, it, you know, you know, I'm at the free throw line and I'm not thinking about the last play or the next play. I got to block out. It's a side of the bounce. Who do I got? Let's get matched up before the ball comes in bounce. You know, it's that ability to shift to the next thing to the next quickly is where we've got to get better. And, you know, I think even some of the communication stuff, like there's, there's times where in, in situations where somebody has got to be in the lane taking Gobert on a roll and they're outside the lane. And then it's, it's turning there and a guy's seven foot one and try to go vertical with him or foul him and give him free throws. So 
It's it's just that those attention to detail things. I think we have to. I think our guys are playing hard. They're trying. They don't give up. They battle. They fight. But there's an experience component that we're going through that I'm hoping that, to your point, we learn some of these lessons sooner than later. The Bulls are sitting at 41 and 28. Fifth place now. Half game out of fourth place in the Eastern Conference. I'm looking at four and I'm looking at seven. Two and a half games in the Eastern Conference separates four from seven. Right now, the Toronto Raptors are two games behind the Bulls. They're in the seventh spot. They're tied with Cleveland. That's why Saturday's game was really important. And I'm glad that, that, but understand, them being in the play-in tournament is in play now. And I don't want it to sneak up on you, but it's in play now. The Bulls' next three opponents, Phoenix, Toronto, Milwaukee. Does that seem like a, like we could be having this conversation next Monday and I'm like, oh yeah, so the Bulls are in the play-in right now. It's very possible. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. So far in the tournament games, we've seen the favorites be the winners or the teams that are leading right now. Is the NCAA tournament fun if the favorites win in the first couple of rounds? I think we all kind of like it seeing the best, you know, one outlier like Loyola a couple years ago advance. But is the first part of the tournament any fun if chalk rides? That's going to be put to the test. Now, with the gambling aspect of it, it's going to be fun to watch how people react to it. But just emotionally overall, the beauty of one and done, two teams matching up, different conferences, and probably never seen each other, is the idea of anyone can beat anyone on a given night. But if we have a tournament that's filled with, no, the teams that are really good, they're going to be really good. The teams that you thought were going to win are going to win. Will that change the way we feel about the 2022 product of the NCAA tournament? I think that it will. I think it takes some of the romance and some of the magic out of it. But maybe we'll get enough magic and romance if those teams that aren't expected to win do it by, you know, coming back or having a having a moment and making things fun. But it's amazing to watch people react, whether it's on text or on, on Twitch. I, I got the, like, one underdog that won. It is great. Live betting is the truth. I'll talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.